proudest day and the proudest time and the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and, and, and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Crunching Gears. Let's talk rallying. Episode 5. In this episode, I'm once again joined by Connor Edwards, photographer for various, for various motorsport publications, and Adam Hall from Rally Insight. Lads, once again, you're very welcome along. Thanks, Kevin. Cheers, Kevin. But in, in this episode, we take a look back at Sweden, so look back at Five Mile Town from last weekend, and we look forward to Mayo Stages Rally this weekend. Um, this whole ethos of this podcast is Paddy Power and we talked last week about the you know the great excitement for the you know competitors from this island being over in Sweden there at the weekend and you know I think we we should be more than happy with the results you know John Armstrong and Brian Hoy taking the JWRC one fabulous and also joining them on the podium was Paul Crichton and Liam Regan you know just great to see and then also Aaron Johnson and um, navigating for uh, Takasan and the Yaris, you know, a fantastic fourth overall. Um, Craig Breen and Paul Nagels, probably not the event that they will look with, with the result they hope for, but, you know, some strong <laughs> stage times. <laughs> uh, you know, it shows that, the, you know, there's a lot of hope there going forward. Also, um, Josh McGillian, you know, doing some exceptional times, you know, on a, a surface completely alien to, uh, it was, you know, very competitive times in that, the junior stage in the WRC too. Unfortunately, a snowbank, you know, paid to the to the ultimate result, but, you know, a lot of positives will be taken away from it. And once again, Eamon Bone and MJ, you know, just doing their own thing. They had their issues, but, you know, plowed on and got to the finish. And you have to applaud them for that. You know, just the, the way they go about the rally and they just seem to enjoy it so much. But we'll take a wee bit more of an in-depth look at Sweden here now to start off with. Connor, what was your thoughts on Sweden? I enjoyed watching Sweden. It was great. Proper full snow rally again. Um, the, four, the, the, the compact format of the, of, of the event looked good as well. Um, great to see Oliver Solberg getting back on the horse again and having a good run on the Friday. Um, they did struggle with a few issues in towards the end of the rally. Um, great run from Rovan Perra. Um, what do you call it? Who, whilst everybody thought was going to be disadvantaged by being first on the road on Friday, a little bit of light rain which froze actually helped him and, and gave himself uh, a decent bit of grip and probably impacted the, the guys coming behind him a bit more than himself. Uh, and interestingly, we, we kind of started to see a few issues arising around the hybrids 
So Monty was fairly clean run for, for the, the hybrids and the new units in the uh, Rally 1 cars, but uh, certainly Sweden st- seemed to be a test of them. Yeah, I think you know, there was a few issues around the hybrids. Adam, maybe you did you study this up a bit more maybe than us mere mortals? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, well, I think it was Tanak and um, Evans who were the, the two um, who suffered from it. So I guess the, the way you can describe it is the, the hybrid unit is, is like a third party um, unit that the, the teams get from um, compact dynamics. So that's supplied to each team in a, in a carbon type box and they, they can't touch the internals of that. There's, there's no modification there. Um, but yeah, for Tanak and Evans, uh, I believe they had to stop on Super Rally in the end because there was a, an issue with the, the hybrid unit. So there's a green light and a red light system. So obviously when it's not green, there's a risk um, with the, the electric power. Um, there's a risk with, with that. So those guys had to, had to stop on yeah, it's, it's probably the first time in, in WRC where a team has has had a mechanical failure and it's not actually one of their components um, to blame. So yeah, definitely when it when it comes to the the media side or the marketing side of of branding that it, it becomes difficult, doesn't it? That you know, Hyundai or Toyota have to say they've um you know, lost lost a result because of a mechanical failure, but it's probably not their responsibility. So, no, it seems whatever way the the car is impacted on on a bump or a, a high speed um, bumper impact um, in Sweden, that it's yeah, I don't I don't know exactly how it happens, but maybe a, a vibration or just whatever way it's shocked. Um, the the structure of, of that hybrid unit that's mm-hmm. that's failed in some way so yeah, yeah. that's a, a concern because like it wasn't a, you know a, like a, a big impact that you know it triggered this either you know so that's something that needs to be definitely ironed when, out you know because like Sweden wouldn't th- be one of the rougher events either yeah you know, so. if you're thinking about Portugal Sardinia mm-hmm. Safari in the future you know if this continuously raises its head far mm-hmm. enough with only two crews, but if it's two crews on a few weekends, um, it's definitely not good. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we're talking about it now, so you can imagine what the the manufacturers are are doing and Absolutely. the the buttons are pressing to try and get this resolved now. Whether there's some sort of contingency where um, the driver gets some time back, or they don't necessarily super rally, or whether the the mechanical part or electronic component is is sourced down you know the failures detected but mm-hmm. yes it's difficult because you imagine these teams have have tested um all these components quite intensely and um, mm-hmm. before they get here so i'm sure they're they're aware of some of these issues but yeah, yeah. first first time we've seen it so we definitely want to to watch out for through the season Mm-hmm. I think there was a certain amount of frustration for the teams too, because it wasn't quite clear what the incident was for Evans and Tanak. And it seemed to be more around that they could neither get a red or a green light on. Um, but yet the, the units were functioning and performing. So it was yeah. more as a precaution. They were retired from the event and, 
you know, if that's the case, it's it's quite a harsh penalty that they're, that they're suffering. And you could only imagine if this was, you know, one or two rounds left to the end of the, at the end of the championship to go, you know, could determine who's who's a, a driver or a manufacturer champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you know, that's a real concern. But, you know, I suppose we have to look, you know, at the results of the rally. You know, Roven Perra, like you said there, you know, phenomenal, you know, running first in the road. Uh, nobody. Well, well, I suppose like we can. A lot of people thought never, not in a million years, is they going to win the rally. The wee sure rain or whatever it was on the Thursday evening played to his advantage, but he took full advantage of it, didn't he? You know, it was a masterclass. Absolutely, and not only that, a twenty-one-year-old, um, what do you call it, Cali Rovenpera, whose father won the Swedish Rally twenty-one years ago, uh, <laughs> driving for Peugeot. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy, isn't it? Um, but it was. I have to say the the front end battle was really good for the first half of the, the rally. Anyway, there was four four guys in there, um, four or five maybe that mm-hmm. that were really pushing um for the win. But just watching, um, Callie Ruffin Perez his driving style and on that style of event that is unbelievable. It's just mesmerizing watching. It's just so flowing, you know. Everyone else is pushing hard, and Evans is the driver style. He always it catches your eye because he's so focused. Um, yes, he's really up over the wheel, isn't he? It's it's so pinpoint, and yeah. you can definitely. There was a few stages you could see Evans trying to get that extra few tenths, and you could nearly see the extra effort that he was putting in to try and get it. But Robin Parra just so calm, flowing. Mm-hmm. you know single motions and getting the car in the right position and sliding through a corner without having to make any adjustments it's it's crazy that they were able to do that you know 100 mile an hour around a corner um sideways and flicking the snow back and outside consistently mm-hmm. uh, and even seeing as Pecalapi and his style like that as well and he was just such a cool character and yeah, he seemed to be enjoying his, his rallying again, which yeah. was brilliant to see. There's a, a clip up there just showing one of the nighttime stages there with SFA and Fermi. And like the two of them, it's just, you may as well be driving down the road at 25 miles an hour. They're just so calm, so relaxed, you know, and it's flat out, you know, it's fantastic to see, isn't it? You know, so yeah, and the. Sorry, I was going to say, Lap- Lappy looked very, you know, relaxed, considering there would have been a fair bit of pressure on him. Like, he hadn't sat in, you know, WRC car since last October mm-hmm. and yeah. was basically stepping in as, you know, the third team member in the absence yeah. of OJ. And mm-hmm. so a lot of pressure there. Yeah. I, and, yeah. you know, and with Evan's retirement on Sunday morning, he was probably had to back off, you know, to settle for the third place. Like, he had to consider the manufacturer's point at that point. You know, there was no point of, Going hell for leather after Neville, and you know, you know, possibly going off or something there either. So, yeah, he, he's done his reputation no harm. I have to I have to say, I loved his interviews. The the ones where you could tell the, the journalists were looking for him to give a, a witty or a, a sharp answer, and looking for a bit of charisma out of him, and he he just. Mm-hmm flipped it back he, he just laughed at them he was like this is me this is how I am like do you want me to get over excited about this you know I'm going out and going to go as fast as I can like what more can I say that was brilliant but he he had that he just had the right air about him there was no no arrogance he, he was there you could just tell he was enjoying himself yeah. and in his happy place absolutely, absolutely and like the resurgence of Hyundai you know 
we kind of wrote them off after monthly. But great to see them back. Great to see them back. And Neville, you know, that was a really, really solid drive for Neville to come in second place overall. And mm-hmm. it was pushing there hard. Um, managed his tires very well, you know, which gave him that advantage on Saturday. Um, but again, you know, Hyundai back, but was still with some issues there. As I say, we had issues with Tanik's car, we had issues with Oliver's car. So they're not just there yet, but they're close. They've definitely closed that gap from since Monty. That's for sure. And Adam, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess Tarek's just bound to be gutted, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And at least it wasn't, in, in a way, at least it wasn't the fault of the, the high and day itself. It was the, mm-hmm. the hybrid pack. So, yeah, you just, you just hope he catches a break because definitely he, he had the pace there and that's the type of rally he would have been looking for a result on. But, yeah, if, if they have speed... Um, on those fast events and you know there'll be a, a few more of those through the year um, mm. yeah hopefully it's a sign of things to come that it's going to be a three way battle and, and not just two yeah and the M Sport you know after the highs of Monty probably not all they hope for in Sweden but Adam what do you, you know what would your thoughts be there for on the M Sport side of things yeah I think um, Craig and Paul are going to be gutted like it it just ended so fast on, on mm-hmm. stage two that I had a moment with the snowbank and then um, the windscreen washer was stuck on and was freezing on the screen then and, and they just seemed to distract Craig and he went off for good then on, on the second stage. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, at that at that stage, it's it's nearly as if they didn't get the the experience of that first day or that they didn't really get a, a foot in to yeah. to see how they could even get on um mm-hmm. so definitely that, that's going to be an event they'll want to forget but coming to Croatia you know back onto tar again um you never know what they can do there um mm-hmm. but I have to say it's Greensmith and Formo is impressed with how they approached everything just very steady um yes they they weren't on rally winning pace but they they weren't expected to be on. That wasn't their job. So no. you know they kept it clean, got to the finish, got whatever points. Um, they kind of big man for, for the team. Just I think for Greensmith to do that, especially it, it it shows some signs of his maturity coming on as well. And they ended up fifth overall, which um hasn't isn't bad going, um, considering. So no, it's. Up and up and down, and for him, Sport Hank overall. And Connor, yeah, solid drive by Greensmith. I mean, he hit his target. Like that, that's where you know the team have pitched him for this year. That's where he needs to be getting his in around fifth, sixth place. And mm-hmm. you know, he got that good, solid, steady, mature drive. He had a few issues with gearbox, a couple of overshoots, but um, you know, this was his the you know least experienced surface uh, the rally he wasn't expected to do well on so i thought he you know brought home a good points haul for the team for mo again just trying to get himself you know to the end of the rally after what happened to monty and again you know mechanical issues there for the car and then unfortunately you know for brain and Nagel, it was over before it began mm-hmm. um, and the only interesting story you know with regard to brain and Nagel was when they uh, got going again on the Saturday and then they were forced to retire in stage 14 it, the, there was an electrical issue around the kill switch 
and uh, Breen was using FaceTime to talk to the engineers to to what do you call it um, diagnose the problem exactly and and created a you know electrical bypass and got the car going again at least to get it back into service so they could run the next day isn't it yeah yeah and then Adam uh, you got a chance to catch up with John Armstrong yes and there was a the man of the weekend for for many he was um made in Scandinavians on their own surface so yeah it was great to talk to John and I think even he was surprised by how the how the rally ended for him yeah it's pretty surreal to be honest um you know I definitely wasn't expecting to to get the win um and probably not not many other people were thinking that I was going to be able to do that either but yeah it seems that um everything clicked pretty quickly when whenever we got there and um you know, I felt quite, quite good and confident um, on on Reiki and basically the whole week. I didn't really have too many expectations and was just very relaxed. And uh, yeah, I think that feeling sort of was what probably meant that I, I, I was able to achieve what I did. You know, me and Brian were, were very relaxed and we, we were just doing our thing and um, yeah, obviously the pace was quite good from the get-go and then it was just a matter of trying to uh, build upon that and, and um, yeah, see where it, where it would bring us on the end up. Yeah, and we all know you, you had a crazy battle with Laurie, you know, um, all weekend. There's less than 10 seconds between you, I think. The whole way through the rally on, on Sunday, there was half a second between you um, after a couple of stages. On Sunday, um, like what was going through your head? Obviously, he's a finished driver. He had been doing a lot of preparation before the rally. You know, did what was in your head, knowing what you had to do to, to try and fend him off? Yeah, I, I think he obviously has a lot of experience on that surface and also with the Rally 3 car. But I think, you know, I also had some experience with the Rally 3 car last year, just not on um snow so uh I, I to be honest the whole weekend i sort of knew i had enough pace to keep with him um you know on friday we were pretty much nip and tuck the whole day and uh i felt like i could still improve so i knew i could do it but there's one thing no one you can you can beat someone and it's another thing actually being able to achieve it especially when uh, it is so tight and uh, you're fighting for seconds and yeah the whole rally it was I think all of our stage times were within 10 seconds of each other and uh, yeah it seemed like some stages I would take time and then in other stages uh, he was able to, to take some time too but like I I felt I could I could beat him and uh, you know going into Sunday um, you know I knew it was it was achievable. I knew what I needed to do, which is just keep going um, as fast as possible, basically, but without taking any huge risks. Uh, but yeah, on Sunday morning, obviously, he had a very good time on the first stage, which was a very high speed stage, um, based in fifth gear, most of it. And uh, it's all long, flat out corners that probably shouldn't be flat out. And uh, yeah, it was a big battle for sure. But um yeah he obviously got the jump on me and i was a bit too cautious 
And then it was just a matter of trying to see if I could do anything on the next stages to bring it back. Yeah, I think I think the biggest sign for the two years there was you had Sammy Parry and Robert Fervez who were super early and, and going out trying to to get stage win points and and used to in a, a fight at the front where we're beating those guys on on Sunday. Like I guess looking back, how how perfect were some of those runs or or how gutsy were some of those runs on Sunday? Yeah, I think they were quite quite uh, gutsy or, or ballsy. Um, yeah, I think I was just too careful on that first stage on Sunday morning. And then the second one in the loop, I had a good idea of what the stage was was like from memory. And uh, yeah, I knew that uh, if I wanted to win, then I was going to have to push in, in that one to try and take some time back. Um, it was pretty, pretty flat out, but I made a couple of small mistakes. But I think, yeah, the the whole stage was pretty good, and we took a second back from him, which put us half a second in the lead. Yeah. Um. But then obviously the big thing was then trying to not lose any time on the stage that we lost, uh, like four or five seconds on the first pass in the morning. So we put in a big effort to try and get a look over, uh, the video before going into that stage on the re- repeat loop and to try and figure out where we were losing time. Um, and then, yeah, it was just a matter of going into that and trying to trying to go as fast as possible. And, yeah, thankfully we took, like, two and a half seconds, uh, which was quite a substantial amount considering how close we were. And yeah. uh, I knew once I had three seconds going into the last stage that um, I could do it, but obviously I would still need to go pretty much flat out again on on that stage and so high speed and and everything that uh of course you're you're taking risks but you've got the snowbacks uh to try and you know lean against if you need to but it, it all depends how solid the snowbank is and uh and everything so you try not to touch them but a couple of times i would go into a corner too hot and you'd run out towards the snowbank and as long as you don't clatter it too too hard then it's usually fine um yeah, the final stage was was quite messy, I would say. I was obviously knew I needed to push, but my tires, I think, were probably starting to to hurt a little bit. Because um, once the even if you don't lose all the studs, the the block that the stud is in starts to move around a little bit and the stud yeah. moves around in the block. So uh you start to get a bit more movement in the in the car. And yeah, it was quite loose uh, at various points in that stage. Um so I, I, I knew if, if he had done a really perfect run, then it was going to be very close. But uh, thankfully, I pushed hard enough in that stage to, to only lose three tenths, even though I had like maybe three or four corners where I knew I lost time for sure because I went too hard and uh, ran wide and didn't carry enough speed then. So, yeah, it wasn't a perfect last stage, but... It was uh, it was good enough for what we needed, and yeah. yeah, it was it was good fun too. So, yeah, uh, it was pretty crazy to to be able to, you know, pull off a, a win against a Scandinavian driver on on snow and in such a big battle too. But uh, honestly, I felt quite quite comfortable in in what I was doing, and, and you know, Brian was very chilled out too. So, it just seemed seemed like normal normal business, but it it shouldn't be. 
uh and i think what the funny thing is that i watched my onboard before i went into the final stage i was like it was starting to freak me out because i was like <laughs> how am i driving that fast yeah. I was, it, was, it was i was almost starting to mess my head um because yeah. it just looked so quick and like it looked like the, the amount of grip and the lines and everything and the speed that you're carrying is is like you're super confident so uh it all, that almost stumbled me a bit as like how am i going to do that in the second pass uh but thankfully i was able to do it again yeah no i think i think those in cars and snow especially it, it seems quite deceptive it, yeah you, you do wonder how you're you're going into those corners and making it around is crazy but i guess when you're in the grave and in the moment you're you're fine um yeah i, I suppose you've you've came out you've won the straight fight with a, a scandinavian um on sweden and obviously you had you had your rally sweden two years ago which ended i guess in pretty much the opposite way that this one did everything that's happened in between um is this just i know you've you've said perfect redemption is this just a, a sign of how far you've come in the the past two years yeah i think so um you know the the rally that i had in sweden in 2020 was just there were so many different elements to why it didn't work out that it was actually quite easy to rectify them in the end up because there was so many different reasons um so yeah but obviously it still is in the back of your head when you go there and you're you know that the last time that you were there you had a big accident and you're trying to avoid that but to be honest the whole weekend i felt quite comfortable and the my pace notes were very consistent and i could just drive to them uh without having any real big moments i think uh there might have been one or two notes that were too quick and you know one of those was the, the one where i went off the bank and <laughs> come into that corner a bit too fast and just ran wide and the, the rear of the car hit the bank and went up the it dragged the front in and sort of rid up the bank and then came back down again but yeah. it was quite lucky to to get away with that one we didn't get stuck to be honest but yeah i i just felt quite comfortable and confident and i think i've got you know quite a bit of experience now at this level in rallying and i know how to deal with certain situations and um yeah just feel more comfortable in in what i'm doing and uh yeah also you know brian was was very chilled out and I think that we're with us both coming from Fermanagh, we're both very laid back um, in terms of personalities and, you know, nothing really phases us too much. So, um, yeah, I think it, it worked very well at the weekend and there was never any big drama or anything. And we just got, got on with the task and we thought through everything and talked everything through at every point. And yeah, it seemed to just work quite nicely, but I think for sure it, it I had a, a really nice sensation of this is like you know the ultimate just redemption to to come back and obviously i didn't want my rally career to end in sweden 2020 but now i've managed to come come back and you know compete at a really high, high level and then to win the the rally that i had a big accent on and you know pr probably myself and other people would have thought i wouldn't have been able to win it's it's pretty cool so um yeah. yeah it's a very nice uh feeling i think i just feel really just satisfied in general um just feel like 
yeah, just really happy with, with what we've done. <laughs> yeah, I feel right to be. Um, and I think, uh, as you, you mentioned there, like your, your start with Brian, I'm sure that's a, a huge relief just for both of you, knowing that you just can't operate at that level together and, and get on as well, which I'm sure makes a big difference when you're spending, what, seven days together um, across an event like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, we got on really well together and, uh, you know, it's, it's just nice whenever you've got a similar mindset and, and just want to get on and, and do your best with the, the week and try to get the best result possible. But yeah, uh, Brian was, was really good and his attitude is, is right and, and everything. And yeah, it was quite easy to, to work with him and enjoyable too, you know, to have, uh, a bit of crack in between times when, when you know you're able to. And um, I think both coming from Fermanagh, we're used to to maybe not chatting too much. So it's nice and long road sections, just chill out and, and do your yeah. own thing too. You don't have to always be, you know, having a conversation or anything like that. So it's, um, no, it's nice. It felt very, very good in terms of the partnership and it started off in the, the perfect way. So I think Brian really enjoyed, enjoyed the week and, learned a lot of things along the way too so yeah i think um should be interesting going forward but yeah it's just uh it's really cool being in in the junior wrc especially with with william and, and liam competing as well um you know we have a sort of a, a great little uh friendship group let's say um just having a bit of crack and um also obviously trying to do the best we can and helping each other and giving each other, um, you know, advice at certain points. So it's, uh, it makes it just that a little bit easier that it is sort of a bit more familiar and a bit more like home, just having a few, a few Irish boys there and, uh, just to have a bit of crack in between times too. Yeah. There's plenty of views over there now. Um, I guess just to end as well, like I'm sure it was the icing on the cake to have William and Leo there with you on the podium as well. Yeah, I was actually, it was funny because I I actually clean forgot about about them at the end of the last stage because <laughs> um, I had to sit there and wait to get our result and it, it took a long time for yeah. for uh, Una to come through and then once that came through, said, uh, well done, big battle to him, but forgot about Will and <laughs> and uh, Liam, so <laughs> I was uh, halfway back to back to the HQ before I remembered. But um, no, it was good to to then share the podium with them, and um, yeah, it was uh, something really nice just to just to be there whenever they've what had their first podium in junior WRC, and for us to be on the top step with them was a special feeling. And um, you know, there were so many Irish fans and people from the Irish rally community there and everyone was so happy with the the result that we uh, achieved and it just it felt so special to be honest just that we're living in this this moment where we do have so many um drivers from from Ireland competing in the WRC and and achieving really good results so no it's it's a really good time to to be in the championship and uh I think the big thing for me last week was just having an attitude of enjoying it and you know we're we're privileged to be able to to do this and uh you have to enjoy every moment yeah definitely no that's brilliant that's that's definitely class and yeah even going off monte carlo and 
Craig with his result and you guys now in a double do- double podium effectively. It's it's so good. But look, it's uh, it's just so great to see you and Brian um get this win after how last year ended, I guess. And um I know it's been a challenge in winter trying to get things sorted and not knowing what's ahead of you. So no, it's brilliant and hopefully that's the start of a, a good positive year for you both. Yeah, I hope so. And uh like you said, it, it was tough to get there this year, but just uh, I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported me. Um, there is so many people that I can't actually name all of them. There's lots of uh, silent uh, people helping out too. And uh, yeah, obviously all the sponsors that are on the car and, and all the people in the background, um, you know, without their help, we wouldn't be there. So a uh, big thank you for, for everyone that's, that's made it happen. That was great to hear John's viewpoint and and uh, amazing JWRC win in Sweden. And again, particularly, you know, he had no pre-event testing to, to go there and do what he did. It was just um, phenomenal. Also, speaking of phenomenal, I caught up with Aaron Johnson, who finished fourth overall with Takamoto uh, in the Toyota Yaris. Yeah, it was a nice event. Our strongest performance so far together and, uh, and achieving the best results. So, yeah, we had a really positive weekend and it was an event that we were earmarking at the beginning of the year to to try and perform on and thankfully we achieved that. Um, and you a bit of early drama, stage four, I think it was, you get stuck in a snowbank. What happened? Yeah, this is part of winter rallying, I guess. Uh, it was the first stage of the rally repeated in the second loop as stage four and there was a historic event running in between the first loop and second loop so the road was quite dirty and and the line was not so clear and we were unfortunately outside the rut and on the loose snow we just understeered into the bank on the outside and needed a little bit of help from the spectators to get out but uh, yeah 25 30 seconds dropped and we uh we got out and no problems after this. So just minimal time loss. A few of the Rally 1 crews were having difficulties on Friday with tyre wear. How did you and Taka fare with trying to preserve the, the studded tyres? It was quite a strange one for tyre wear this year, to be honest, Connor. Uh, the conditions on the recce were looking pretty good. Normal, normal winter conditions with ice and snow and a loose top layer that would have been swept off. But... Just before the rally began on Thursday on Shakedown, we had a lot of wet slush and really rain, to be honest. And this created uh, a layer of moisture on the top that then froze overnight. And it left the conditions on, on Friday morning, to be honest, quite quite okay for first or second on the road. Then once this layer of uh, thin ice had broken, we were down to clean the, the snow from the main base of the road and I think to be honest where we were fifth was maybe the worst position we could have been because it was quite clean for the first few cars and obviously clean for for the cars running 9, 10, 11 but this place that we were fourth, fifth, sixth I think was the one that uh, really suffered. I know if I'm at home watching the Swedish rally on on, on the laptop or on TV I still can't get over the speeds the cars are doing over the snow and the ice. Um, you've quite a few snow rallies under your belt now at this point, but are, are, are you still taken aback by the speeds or are you well used to it now? 
Ah, the speeds on on snow is quite incredible, and uh, for me, yes, I have done quite a few rallies now in these conditions, maybe seven, eight, nine, something like this. But I still feel it is very new for me, and it is a surface that I really do enjoy and uh, and take a lot of pleasure in co-driving on. And it it is quite incredible that the speeds we can carry when you get out at the end of the stage to do the tire pressures and you can barely stand up. So yeah, it's a nice way to go rallying. And is there much of a difference with the new Rally One cars on snow compared to how the WRC cars behave? Like is is the weight difference noticeable, or is the lack of differentials making a big difference? Yeah, maybe from a driving perspective, yes. But from from my side of the car, it. Uh, it still feels very good. Okay, in the stages in Sweden at the weekend, we really were missing sixth gear because they were so so fast in places, and uh, you know it would have been nice to have that little bit of a longer ratio to really you know maximise the speed that you can carry on these ultra fast sections. But uh, again, you have the extra boost coming out of the junctions and things with the hybrid units, so uh, you have to weigh up the advantages and disadvantages, but. Overall, the cars, I think, would be quite close to where they were, you know, in the previous generation. And I think as the years go on and and the crews and the teams learn more about how the system properly works and and get their head around the new regulations, the cars will be even faster than the the older spec cars. And Aaron, as a co-driver, is there any is it is there any difference in how you prepare for a snow rally compared to the other rounds of the WRC? Uh, I think snow rallying is, let's say, one of the safer type events to go rallying on because you have got the extra insurance policy of the banks. If you carry a little bit too much speed, you can uh, use them to push you back up onto the road. But as we've seen in stage four, sometimes uh, they can bite back quite hard as well. But uh, as regards to preparation, I think gravel, snow, tarmac, uh, we put the same amount of work into into every surface. And uh, if you think about when you're on the stages, maybe, you know, if you're changing tires between, you know, stages that uh, you just have to be careful that you don't set the hot wheel studs down uh, into the snow because you could lose them very easy. But uh, yeah, apart from this, I think the preparation for every event is very similar. Okay. And what do you got with the, the transition from the WRC car to the new hybrids? Has there been much of a learning curve for yourself and Taka? Like what's been the biggest challenge or adjustments you've had to make? Yeah, there is an awful lot more that goes with these new hybrid cars in, in terms of, you know, what to do and, and the procedures during stages, after stages and uh, in the service parks and EV zones. So there is an awful lot more than there was, you know, last year and previous years. So you just have to know where these sections take place and, and how to manage the charge that you have in the car and how to regenerate before the next uh, EV zone. So uh, something, again, that you discuss with your engineers before the rally and, and make a plan. But yeah, for sure, for all the crews, there is an awful lot more to, to be on top of than there was before we had the hybrid units. Took fourth fastest time on the Wolf Power stage. Is there much of a debate between, you know, you as a crew and the team about whether you can serve your place on the leaderboard or, do you, you know, uh, 
you know, what around taking that risk for additional points on the power stage? Yeah, for sure. The power stage can be, uh, let's say, quite high risk when you consider, you know, the overall position that we were in at the weekend in fourth. But uh, the power stage is a great addition to, to the championship, I think. And it is very valuable for guys that, you know, maybe haven't had the best weekend or some technical issues or punctures or things to, to salvage some, you know, good points towards the championship. So uh, for us, the plan was to to have a little bit of a push on the power stage like we did, but not go absolutely crazy to risk, uh, you know, our overall position. But to gain two extra points over 14Ks, it, uh, it's nice to do and it definitely helps the, the championship uh, leaderboard. Grant, and, and speaking of which, you and Taka are sixth overall in the championship standings at the moment. What are the objectives for the rest of the championships? Do you have a target, you know, or, or what can you reveal? Yeah, as competitors, you know, I've said it many times before, we want to do the best job that we can for ourselves and, and also the team. And we have a very important job this year in, in supporting Toyota in regaining the world manufacturers title. So uh, this is the goal. And as our own aspirations and goals. I think, you know, we finished fourth now in Sweden and uh, had a really good, strong run and are getting more and more familiar and more and more comfortable in the car and, and everything is working towards, you know, gaining time and, and being more competitive at the front. So I think the next logical step for us is to be aiming to go one step higher and, uh, and achieve podium. And then obviously you were very busy in Sweden over the weekend, but I'm sure you were keeping an eye on your local event, the Five Mile Town Rally. Yeah, yeah. For me, Five Mile Town is my, uh, let's say, local event. Uh, this year it started in the Ecclesville Centre in Fitness. So this is only like two miles from home for me. And uh, yeah, maybe it's not the best thing to say, but I was a little disappointed that I was in Sweden. Uh, uh, I missed my event, but uh, yeah, I was following between uh, between stages in Sweden to see how it's going at home, uh, and especially with Robert McKelvey and Marty McKenna, my two sponsors, competing in the event. Uh, I was keeping a close eye on uh, how they were getting on. That's oh, nice to hear from Aaron again, and brilliant that he's a positive weekend under his belt with Takamoto fourth overalls definitely um a big big result in wrc um and he had his eyes on five mile town it's it's hard to get away from the gravel bug isn't it um kevin you were at the event as well what what was it like from the um, side of the stage oh uh, you know so good to be back uh, you know and and around the service park on the side of, you know and in, in the forest you know there's nothing beats the sound of a rally car bouncing through the trees you know uh you know the top you know 10 cars, the speed, unbelievable, you know. Desi Henry on the very first stage, it, everybody kind of, whoa, like that, you know, <laughs> and they, they appeared blasting down through where we were standing, you know. You know, you forget just the buzz that it gets, you know. And the crowds, you know, five mile town, like a small club club rally, basically. And like everywhere you want, there was good crowds about, fantastic to see, you know. Um, um, Martinez Samson is over in the BMW. You know, uh, I think internet sensation is the only way to describe that 
the you know the, the noise, the speed, the commitment. Oh, I don't know. You know, I, I couldn't do it justice. You know, uh, just sensational. Uh, a great a great day out. Uh, fair play to everybody involved. No more club. And at the end of the event, I caught with the winners. So I'll let you hear what their thoughts were. Yeah, it's a, it's a rally we've never won before now. Um, we won the Bushwagger that's run this uh, same club before it. So it's a great rally. But no, this is a completely different nature of a rally. Very technical, tight, uh, but great stages. Uh -huh. So uh, no, we didn't get it easy with Cahan. Uh, he was pushing us on all day there. So no, delighted to win it. Very good. And what's the plans now for the rest of the year? Your guess is as good as mine. For, uh, <laughs> I was talking to Paddy on the way in the road there, and we don't know ourselves what we're going to do. Just event by event? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose uh, you know, we're still uh, we're still unimpressed in Irish forestry. Uh -huh. At the same time, our original plan was to go to the tarmac, go to the circuit of Ireland. So uh, I, I don't know yeah. what way we'll go, but uh, I don't know what wheels is going to be on for the next event. But yeah. no, look, we're, we're happy with the car and, and gravel, so look, we'll just and your third event in this car and third one so she's been good to you so far yeah well obviously uh, she's been uh, quite a bit of luck obviously uh, last weekend's event was quite a it was quite a hollow back right now so i didn't i didn't need much but uh but no it's uh it's great to get back out again i suppose and, and uh, on a more positive note hi look here we're happy enough um i suppose we were andy killarney last uh, weekend for a, a test and look uh, everything kind of went wrong down there and, and look here we come here today not knowing the car so we took the first probably loop of stages to, to see what the car was made of and how then we, we showed a bit of speed in the, the, the first couple out after service but we're never going to catch Desi it's just a wee bit too far in front so uh -huh. oh, here enjoyed it good really good event um, the car was really really good and everything was good about it so no here we're very very happy to get, to get back in and have you any plans now for the rest of the year what's your thoughts on it now um, look here, I don't know. Uh, we're thinking about going to West Cork. We'll see uh, see how the next week or two progresses. That's the plan, and anyway. we're going to maybe head down there and see. Um, and I would like to get the caricature as well for the Forest Challenge. So here, look, we'll see how it progresses in the next lot of weeks and see how it goes. Good, good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, this is the first time taking a four-wheel drive car to the event. Uh -huh. So, didn't know what to expect. Have it managed to a good two-wheel drive battle with the boys over the years so yes. I am happy to and I took it this morning put it that way Kevin yes. you know um, uh -huh. cars it is it's quite aggressive on that the drive you know but when you get it out onto the stages and sort of get a feel for it it's Derek has it set up well now uh -huh. real good on the bumps and braking and things like that so I yeah. could run you like another go winner Oh, any day. Say no. Any day going rallying's a good day. So yeah. what is I? So, so no, good. Happy out with it then. I happy out. Good result that I have it this morning. Any any plans now for the rest of the year, or just event by event? I I just say I'll take it one. I probably won't do an awful lot. In fact, I hadn't planned on doing today. Only it's it's uh -huh. just up the road, you know. So um, I finished up doing a last minute deal with Derek to hire the car. So maybe couple of gravel events over the summer and I might do a bit of tarmac too, you know, in the Mark 2, putting the Mark 2 together. So. Very good. So that was me catching up with the, the event winners, Desi Henry and the Fiesta Rally 2. Uh, also, Catherine McCourt and his uh, Fiesta, I suppose, RS Turbo might be a nice way of describing it as any. And Vivian Hamill in the World Rally Car Mini, you know. Jeez, um, just the, the enthusiasm from them guys and the you know, the banter between them is a joy to behold. And chatting about banter, nobody beats the two-wheel drive boys for banter. I also caught up with the, the winner of that one, it was David Crossan, and also uh, Adrian Hellington. I'll let you hear their thoughts here now. It is, it is. We weren't <laughs> expecting it there. Um, uh, some sort of guy in the BM was flying. We weren't getting anywhere near him. So, uh, we're in a big race with Shane there, so we were. Um, we're three down, got 
after there and then she in her own stage six. So it's disappointed to see Adam really yeah. enjoying the race with Shane. Uh-huh. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed her rally. It's not been here since 14, but yeah. in rally, I think that will be back. Uh-huh. Enjoyable stages? Aye, they were now. I checked the stage over three times. Very surprised with um, how it held up the three stages. Stage without no shame at the road, so the last two we just packed off. Right, just, just right. Uh-huh. Yeah, but no, very good. Good stuff. And any plans now for the rest of the year? Or? Yeah, we're going to do the BDRDA Championships oh, we are, so we're going to Malcolm Wilson in uh, two weeks' time, so we are. Excellent. And then Rally Wilson. Probably, yeah. uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't think now after the first couple of stages it would be. The cars laying in the shed there, it was three years and she just, it's a wee, bit, a wee bit hard to drive, you know, for the first couple of stages we've got a bit of adjustment on to her, you know? Yes, uh-huh. that's the first time out now in the big car now, the way. first time in three years when uh-huh. you've been driving the BDA, so uh-huh. a completely different animal. Yes, back. and how do you find it, being back in the big car again? I'd rather the BDA. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, probably not the same power, like you, you arrive at the corner and not far too fast. Yes. <laughs> the BDA, you arrive at the right speed. Strike Championship in England now, and then we're, we're going to try and do as many rounds of the the So there's your your top two and two wheel drive on five mile town. I think another guy we, we need to mention is Shane McGurr. Um, he was challenging as well, rolled the starlet, but was still able to finish. Where else would you get us? Um. <laughs> um, but this this Sunday is the, the start of the National Rally Championship. So we're, we're back on to Tar, um, heading to Mayo Stages Rally. Um, and those guys have got an interesting event coming up. Um, two stages run four times, but um, the last pass, the, the stages are altered slightly. So yeah, it's given the competitors um, an extra few kilometers. I think they've 100, around 100K um, in total. So definitely getting the a bit more value for for money so yeah i think that's a, an interesting concept and i'm looking forward to seeing how that one turns out absolutely you know i think it's a fantastic idea you know like it cuts down you know the, the amount of marshals you need mm. you know the services you require you know it, it, you know it, it has such a knock-on effect and everything and you're still yeah. getting your you know your 100 kilometers or whatever rather than having three different locations just the two yeah. you know and you know, a, fant- a fantastic initiative by uh, the Mayo Club. Um, I would say there'll be a few other clubs watching closely how that pans out this weekend. Yeah, if, if this, sorry, Connor, if this two by three formats the, you know, the the set way for national rallies now, it's maybe a, a good way of getting a, an extra two in. And I think as well, another thing, it, it cuts down recce time as well for the guys. And, and I think you're chatting to Robert Barable. Um, Kevin later on and, and I think that's one thing that, that maybe suits people working um, mm-hmm. flat out and if they can get their recce in on Saturday something nice and handy it definitely takes the pressure off the whole thing Yeah I was, I was just going to add you know with the, with that 
style of format, even from a crowd control point of view, it'd be interesting to see how that helps. You know, you kind of less spectator movement about between stages. So I think that would be beneficial as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like some very interesting entries in the event as well, you know, um, you know, fantastic top uh, 10 and then beyond, yeah. you know. <laughs> like if you, if you look at it, you can go through the top 50 and there's <laughs> yeah. there's drivers you would definitely expect in the top 15. It's, it's mm-hmm. mental. Uh-huh. It's mental. It was a very difficult job seeding that entry list. I, can, I would imagine, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah you'd, lose, you'd lose a bit of sleep over it, I would think, before it was all yeah. sorted, really. You know? <laughs> well, there's, there's one I just spot now, 53 on the entry list, Mickey Conlon and a Class 13 escort. Like, yes. That's uh-huh. mental, isn't it? Like, Nearly but, any other rally, you'd be, you know, you'd be thinking top 20, top yeah. 30 at worst yeah. kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, we're looking at, you know, the, the top three there, uh, Josh, uh, you know, Galway winner, like, this is a, the performance he put in there, Declan Boyle, you know, has to be another man, you're going to very strong, Robert Barbell, you know, returning and uh, the polo, and Melvin Evans polo, you know, that's going to be interesting. Darren Gass, you know, um, yeah. there's, you know, the list goes on, no. Really. Yeah, don't don't forget Patter Hurston there as well. Always, yeah. um, you know, yeah. a man you could put your money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Eamon, Eamon Kelly in, a, in his dad's polo as well as mm-hmm. another guy. I seen it, seen it fairly well back just with with all the entries, but definitely uh-huh. he's he's going to be an interesting one to see how far his his times creep up over yeah. the day. Uh-huh. And anyway, I, 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 you know, we'll also catch up with him before the end of the show. Um, he's going there with a very level head, you know. So, but you know, I, I wouldn't be overly surprised that he, he puts on some good times as the day progresses, anyway, you know. So, um, yeah. it's going to be a fascinating event, it really is, you know. And then, you know, two with drive, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, again, you know, where, where do you start, you know? Sure. So, <laughs> yeah. One very interesting entry in the two wheel drive category as well. With um Sam Moffat in uh, the Starlet, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's he's picked some class to jump into, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Jason Black, um, Johnny, Johnny Jordan, Jordan, John uh, Warren, John, I look him on John Warren there too. Yeah. You know, so yeah. mm-hmm. it's going to be a cracking battle just for for that alone. Yeah, you know, you can imagine all them other class thirteen guys. You know, we'll show this young fella. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to need anything else, tag the one like. <laughs> Dragon rights. Yeah, that's for sure. Look, so I suppose we should jump into the first interview then with uh, Robert Barbell and see what he has to th- say. Well, obviously, we, we the initial plan was to do the Tarmac Championship. Um, but it's just a little bit out of just a little bit out of budget wise. Um, and to be honest, it was a last kind of minute decision to kind of go uh, to do the national championship. Um, but historically, the national championship has always worked for our business. We leave on a Saturday, home on a Sunday. Um, the rally's good. One day rallies seem to be seem to suit us, and um, the commitment from work seems to be a lot less away from work. Like, mm-hmm. but it was only it was literally I would say well, I put in the entry early because I knew Mayo would get a full entry as, as, as kind of the first round of the championship always does. So um, I put in the entry early. Um, we we're originally meant to go on a fiesta, and then well, I put the entry in initially in a fiesta, and then changed to the polo with um, with Melvin Evans. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of one of them things. I think it's Paul, the Polo seems to be one of the best cars. Like, although Josh booked that trend in Galway this year, you know, with uh, with the Hyundai winning the, winning the first round. So, uh-huh. 
I don't know. I, I tested Apollo at the end of last year and it's I just liked it. It just seemed to suit me. It seemed to suit my driving style. Um, and then obviously Melvin, Melvin runs a good show, turned out a good show and turns out a good car. Like the front two lads in the BRC last year were... I don't think they had any. I don't think they had any issues throughout the year. They both had a hundred, nearly hundred percent finishing record prior bar driver error. Uh, yep. Yeah, but, but um, yeah. So we just decided to go to Paulo. I said it was only probably ten. No, but two weeks ago, I'd say when we finalised it. Um, uh-huh. But I'm looking forward to Mayo. Um, uh, looking forward to getting stuck into it and seeing uh, what yeah. what what it brings. Yeah, and you you had the Ricky done there at the weekend yourself and Paddy Robinson. What's your thoughts yeah. on the status? Yeah, as you say, I have a, a well experienced Donegal man, Damien. Uh, my regular co driver, Damien, is going with Pat O'Hurson. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit more organized than me this year. But, like, <laughs> to be fair, I only do a couple of tarmac rounds. Um, but the couple of tarmac rounds that I wanted to do with work and bits and pieces would allow us to do the whole national championship. So, um, me and Paddy done, a, done the, the last rally, me and Paddy done was August 2012, which was the Ulster. So, we're coming up on 10 years as a sabbatical. So, Looking forward to it. Um, wreck it at the weekend. Two stages and there's loops in the middle of them. Uh, to be fair to the organisers of Mayo, and I think Killian Duffy's probably in the middle of that as well. The loop, the way they've done the loops, the stages is quite good. Um, two very different characteristics of stages that are so close to each other, believe it or believe it or not. Right. And then within the stages, then you have two totally different characteristics again. So you've nice wide main road, and then you've little narrow, typical Mayo, more like a Galway terrain, for want of okay. a better word. Yeah. Uh, narrow greasy um but it'll be good and um, looking forward to it um we did a good we did a good recce i didn't really all depend on what the weather does if the weather stays dry the stage will be lovely if the weather stays wet it'll be very very similar to what galway looked like yes and at the moment the weather's looking quite favorable so you know we, we can but hope that it stays that way you know, so. yeah although we frost this morning and it's like yeah. it's roasting now we're in yeah. just <laughs> in jacket now so uh-huh. The typical Irish weather. So here, when we when we wake up on Sunday morning, pull the curtains back, we'll like, we'll realise what, what, what it's going to be. Have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever it's going to be, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. So um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. And as I said, good recce done. Uh, the two stages done four times, but two variations, and it within them stages is is a is a new idea, I suppose. So fair play to them for organising that. I, and you know, was like as I said to you and Kelly, was speaking to you previously. He was saying, you know, about the ceremonial start, you know, and bringing the, the rally into the town and one thing and all. Fantastic initiative by the club there, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think Mayo with the experience, and I think um, the, 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 all the organisers in the club, even down to the the promotions of the the sponsors, have done a very good job. Yeah. Ceremonial start in the middle of Clare Morris, the sponsors that they've done and the interaction they seem to have done, they, they definitely seem to uh, set a bar high for themselves. We've a couple mm-hmm. of regroups and stuff. So, uh, do you mind? I haven't really looked at the schedule, uh, Kevin. I, I, know, I know there's a ceremonial start um, in Clare Morris, mm-hmm. but I think it's good that we do ceremonial starts because there's a lot of people in the town that might necessarily understand it. And it's good for coverage. And it's good. It's good for publicity. It's good for whereabouts of the rallying and the knowledge of the people in the town that it's it's a rally going on and, Aye, and it promotes the positive side of the, it promotes yeah, the positive side as well yeah. it, you know so like a, it's, it's it's typical Irish we're too quick to point out the negatives but when the, yeah. when the positives are in we need to we really need to uh, we really need to promote them so yeah, and, uh, and shout about them as well so yeah I think, I think so I think it's good like yeah and like you're going to know you know it's been a couple of years now since you've been out in a competitive car what's your hopes really ahead of the weekend <laughs> 
The million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> the, the last door five rally that we did was uh, Killarney 2019. So we're coming up close to three years. Um, although I have been doing a bit of racing last year and bits and pieces like that. But competitively, competitiveness, it's going to be hard to beat the regulars um, that have rallied earlier on in the year. Like you look at Darren Gass, for example, he done Killar- um, Kyrgyzstan stages. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh has done Galway. Declan had started Galway in bits and pieces like that. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, Kevin, I don't really have expectations, but I just want to go, get a good bit of mileage under the belt. And uh, the ultimate aim is to finish uh, as best as we can. But am I going down to say that they're going to win the rally? No. Mm-hmm. It'd be fair to shot me to. Um, you won't really, Josh, to be fair, put on an excellent performance in Galway. So he would be very hard to be. Um, I'm just going down to enjoy it. Uh, just going down to enjoy it and uh, yeah, pat- yeah, a bit of seat time, get used to the car. We're only going to have a small test on the Saturday, which or on the Friday beforehand. But to be fair, it's it's I'm not going to approach this rally any different than any other rally. Um, done my recce the same way I've done it before, I'm going to approach the event the same way I do and just see how it goes and kind of go from there, like you know. And then after Mayo, what's your thoughts on the, the rest of the year, really? Yeah, well, the plan the plan is to do the whole year. Um, I'm not around for Burr. I have an appointment with an uh, with a family event on on the second and third of April. So Burr, I won't be in Burr, but from Monaghan onwards to do the whole championship. Um, yeah, so it, they're, they're they're fairly well spaced out, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. And they suit, as I say, they suit they suit our level of work. We can leave mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning. I'm only probably two hours from any of the rallies. <laughs> leave on a Saturday morning, home on a Sunday, back and work on Monday. So that's got a lot of positives for us. Um, and between two and three stages, between two and three stages in rallies, the recce will be will be very good, handy to do. Mm-hmm. It's great to see Robert Barable back on the stages. He's a very quick man, and I'm dying to see how he gets on in the polo. And also speaking of polos, we caught up with Eamon Kelly, who's competing this weekend's Mayo Rally. Uh, it's, it doesn't feel real to be honest, Kevin. It's um, it's a massive opportunity, and I'm uh, obviously very grateful to get it, but. Yeah, just uh, originally dad was meant to do the rally and he um, he's, he's just flat out and he pulled his entry. So we decided to to go ourselves and, and give it a lash. And uh, yeah, listen, it's just a fantastic opportunity to learn. And, you know, there's no pressure on us. It's, uh, it seems like a great event too. So yeah, it's just, it's all learning. Um, we're not going to be looking at results or anything like that. But uh, yeah, just a fantastic opportunity all around. Yeah, and like, you know, the... You know, you, you were saying earlier, you hadn't even got a chance even to, to drive the car really in anger. So that's going to be a very steep learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was given two opportunities to test before, um, but the car um, just on, just out of pure bad luck. It was mechanical issues both times after after one run. So I barely, I didn't even get the thing out of uh, road mode. So yeah, it'll be a big learning curve, definitely. Um, hopefully we'll get a, yeah, a kind of a run out once or twice this week, near the end of this week. Um, but yeah, the rally in itself is is a test of anything. So we're just kind of going take it stage by stage and kind of feather ourselves into it and learn, you know, how the thing handles and, you know, how you have to drive it. Yeah, and like the, the you know, and probably maybe was probably the ideal setup for that because it's two stages done four times, so you can make wee changes, wee tweaks, and to see if it, you know how the things developing throughout the day as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like you wouldn't be long, you know, getting to 
uh, not learn the stages, but you, you know, you get used to them very, very quickly. So, um, yeah, you'd be more, you know, you're not focusing so much on the stages, but more so the car and, you know, yeah, making changes and adjustments to my driving as well. So obviously it's just going to be so different to the front wheel drive stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, ideal rally and, um, we racked the stages on, um, yesterday. So, and from what I've seen, they're, they're good stages. They're nothing too complicated. They're, they're nice and, uh, nothing crazy in them, but, uh, just good, good driver stages. So it's, yeah, it's a perfect setup. It gives a wee flavour of what to expect on the stages, you know, there's a good surface on them and good flow to them. Yeah, the general makeup of the event's very good. Um, it's kind of, like I said, a bit of everything. Um, fast stuff, tight technical stuff, typical Irish muddy farmyards. <laughs> you have to expect that at this time of the year. Um, but yeah, li literally a bit of everything. And obviously it's nice to see the motor club trying something new with the kind of two-stage format where they're changing things, um, changing things up. You know, yeah, for, the, for the the final loop, aren't they? Yeah, they're taking, yeah. yeah, yeah. So instead of running three stages, they're running two, and uh -huh. uh, they're changing the variation of them for the last run. So you're kind of getting the same mileage as a three-stage rally, but um, obviously it's more practical for them to run two. So it's it's nice to see them changing it up and, and doing something fresh. Absolutely, and they, you know they're going for the ceremonial start. You know they're going big on it. You know um, they're involving you know you know the local community. Great to see all these kind of initiatives now. Never rallying is getting back and you know, being portrayed in a very positive way. Yeah, absolutely. Like we have these great events and great spectacles, so it's only right to bring it to the public. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, fair play to them. They're, do they're doing the absolute right thing. And, you know, I think it's uh, other other clubs should follow suit too. It's, it's great to bring a spectacle to the public and create a positive association. And then, you know, looking forward to beyond then uh, Mayo at the weekend, what's your, your plans or your thoughts going forward then for the rest of the year? Yeah, obviously our thoughts were, you know, they're still primarily um, front-wheel drive, Rally 4. Uh, we're going to the Junior BRC again this year, and that's our main focus. Obviously, we came close last year, so it's kind of added motivation to try and clinch it this year. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the plan. Mayo was something that we hadn't, we didn't really plan, to be honest. Um, it just came unexpected, and obviously you're never going to turn down that opportunity. But, um, yeah, my plans are still primarily front-wheel drive, and, We'll be going to West Cork um, in the Fiesta, and um, I'm sure there's seems to be a good gang of guys uh, purchasing Rally Fours now. So no doubt there'll be a really, really good race, and mm -hmm. um, it's been brilliant seat time for us for the BRC with the first two rounds being tarmac. So yeah, that's that's our main focus. And like we have to mention that you had a fantastic year last year. Like I would say at the start of the year, if somebody would have said you had to finish second, you'd have grabbed it with both hands. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't have believed them. So I didn't, I didn't really know where I'd stand. So we were just kind of focusing on our own development as a driver. I never really expected to be in the in the mix, especially never doing any of the events before and never having raced on gravel. But yeah, it went well for us. And to be fair, as a team, we put in a big effort, and I think the results uh, it was a good reflection of that. So, but yeah, hopefully we can uh, continue that this year and take it one step further. I suppose we have to give uh, a special mention to Connor, like your right hand man, like he. Helps bring it all together too. Absolutely, yeah. Connor's super organised. He's he's super enthusiastic, and yeah, he he wants to win as much as I do. So you need that sort of um, that commitment in the car, and yeah, extra competitive, and that's what it's all about. So and the two of us again, same mindset this year. We both really really want to win, and that's what we're there for. So yeah, it's a good partnership. So always good to catch up with him. You know, such a level-headed approach. You know, um, wise beyond his years. Um, right, we're at that part of the show once again. We do our predictions, so I suppose it's only fair we look back last week, first of all. Ah, maybe not our finest hour, 
Connor, in fairness, now you predicted the overall winner in Sweden, Roven Perra. After that, went a wee bit pear shaped Breen and Evans. <laughs> Adam, Evans, Lappy, and Breen. <laughs> nope. Me, I predicted Lappy, Canuck, and Neville. So I only got two in the podium, but you know, just not in the right order. <laughs> Five Mile Town, uh, Connor, you want Desi Henry, Catherine McCourt. So fair play, you got first and second. Uh, didn't do so good in the two wheel drive. Um, uh, Adam, in the four-wheel drive, you were looking for Jason Mitchell. Nothing goes so good there. Um, <laughs> David Cross in the two-wheel drive, so we'll have to give you four marks there. And me, uh, I got uh, Desi Henry and Crossing for so uh, top marks for me. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done, me. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to Mayo this weekend. Well, those will look for overall and um, two-wheel drive owners. So uh, we will go with Adam. Uh, I think it's it's obvious now, Kevin, that, that you tell us the, the names we have to pick and then we get to pick the ones that win. <laughs> so, no, on that note, since I've got first pick, I shall pick Josh Moffat for the, the overall win in Mayo. I think mm-hmm. that's that's fairly safe, maybe. Um, although, <laughs> Declan Boyle, I think I thought that World Car doesn't... Um, give any chip this weekend he's definitely going to be on the PS2 all those guys are going to be quick but Josh after how he didn't go away I think um, yeah it'd be foolish not to go for him mm-hmm. uh, two wheel drive oh two wheel drive right um, so you've got Gary Kiernan Gary McPhillips mm-hmm. uh, Jason Black though Callahan's there as well um, see Chris O'Gallaghan is in class 14 so I think he was class 13 last year and he was going very well um, always trying to beat his dad so I'm going to go for Chris for a maybe a surprise two-wheel drive win in, in Mayo and Connor your thoughts oh head versus heart um, oh do you know what it's just I would be all money on Robert Barable only that it's just he's got lacking seat time but you know what he could pull it out of the bag um, and then Patter Herson's another one. It's a, you know, not WRC Fiesta. But I'm going to go for Robert Barable. I'm going to be bold. And then for, for two-wheel drive, I'm going to go for Gary Kiernan. Play, play a safer bet, I think, there. Very good, very good. Yeah. Uh, right, overall, uh, again, I'm sort of torn. Uh, do we go for Boyle or do we go for Josh? Josh like, was phenomenal in goal. He looked so relaxed. Um, you know, so Josh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Two wheel drive, fantastic to see uh, Gary McPhillips back in the stages as well, you know. Uh, the only thing that would be stopping me from tipping uh, Gary is probably he hasn't been out in a while. So um, torn between Kiernan and Jason Black, you know. You know, yep. the performance of Jason put in in Galway too as well, you know. Um, the weather conditions are looking dry at the moment, which may mm-hmm. not favour Jason, you know. So, might go Kiernan. Yeah, Kiernan for the two-wheel drive, but I would say Jason Black will not be far away. So, yeah, th- that's the end of this episode. So, if you could please like, share, and if there's anything you want to comment, you know, or uh, you want to respond or tell us where we're going wrong, <laughs> <laughs> please breathe free. So until the next time, take care, speak soon, and bye.